Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and thanks for joining me here today on The Communication Architect. Each week, we'll share content that will empower you to grow your personal leadership capacity through the development of communication competencies that build emotional health and relational resilience. We'll unpack some practical applications of interpersonal, intrapersonal, family, and organizational communication. And we'll connect with stories of transformation that will inspire you to achieve personal and social change. Now, let's build the scaffolding you need to become a communication architect. I am so excited and I cannot wait to share with you this life-changing new research that is coming out in my next book, Outsourced. Now, you might think I'm losing it when I make this next statement, but I am so thankful for the year 2020. What? Let me explain. As most of my listeners know, I've spent the last 20 years in higher education. I started my teaching career in a Christian high school. I went on to teach in community college, and then I taught in universities for many years. Through my graduate studies, my classroom work, my doctoral research, I started to see very clearly the brokenness of the modern American education system. From the highly secularized environments of the public school system, where the Great Commission has literally been outlawed on our watch, to the ineffective educational methodologies that are dumbing America down, quite literally, the next generation is caught in an undertow of anxiety, depression, hopelessness, atheism. Now, because of these findings, my husband, Adrian, and I not only educated our own children, K to college, but 15 years ago, we started founding these homeschool support academies to help parents grow and learn together in the context of community. More on that topic in a minute. But for now, let me take you back to the start of one of my favorite years in American history, 2020. On January 9th of 2020, the visionary lead pastor of our church, Pastor Jurgen Matesius, invited me in to share with the pastoral team in great detail what was happening in the public school system and, most importantly, what we as a church could do in response to that. I shared the sobering stats on hypersexuality, Marxism, values clarification movement, and the resultant rise in anxiety, depression, atheism, suicide ideation. And at the end of that meeting, Pastor Jurgen prayed, Matthew 18:6, that God would bring down the walls of any institution in our county that was hindering children from coming to the Lord. Well, as we all know, eight weeks later, the entire school district was shut down. Now, call me crazy if you want to, that's fine. But I firmly believe that just like Elijah prayed for rain and Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still, Pastor Jurgen's prayer of faith and frustration helped to bring down the walls of an ungodly system and gave us a unique window of opportunity to rescue the next generation. Plato once said that the two most important questions every culture must ask are as follows. Who teaches the children and what are they being taught? Since the introduction of the values clarification movement into the public education system in 1964 and the removal of the Bible, 1963, the United States has seen a steady decline of the moral output of its youngest citizens. In his 1931 novel, Brave New World, Aldous Huxley predicts a future where children will be indoctrinated against traditional values, I'm not making this up, through a cradle-to-grave school system. Almost a hundred years ago, Huxley wrote this work. It's chillingly prophetic. 
maybe you remember focus on the family president, uh, former president, Dr. Dobson, saying in no uncertain terms that the public schools are, quote, indoctrinating students in a godless anti-Christian agenda disguised in progressive curricula. And I remember his powerful quote where he said, Christians in California especially must flee, quote unquote, the public schools. Lieutenant Colonel Ray Moore, who's the founder of the Exodus Mandate, adds, quote, if we don't change the way we do education, we will lose our country. And if that sounds overly dramatic, hang in there with me as we unpack it today. The collateral damage of secular education is tangible. We have 56 million kids today being educated through the dogma of the public school classrooms across the country, six to seven hours a day, 180 days a year, where they're overtly indoctrinated in concepts like gender fluidity, revisionist history, macroevolution, promiscuity. We talked a couple of weeks ago about CRT with Kevin McGarry having him on the show In fact, this year, many parents walked in on Zoom calls and heard teachers saying things like, parents aren't allowed, you're not welcome in the conversation. And thankfully, many, many parents heard with their own ears, many for the first time, the socio-political nonsense that was targeting their children in their own homes through their computer screens. Today's K-12 curricula across the board in America is more about serving a political agenda than about meeting the true academic needs of the next generation. And what's the fruit? Well, Gen Z's emotional distinctives are sobering. They're anxious, they're depressed, they're overwhelmed, they're suicidal, they're self-injurious, they're STD-ridden, they're more likely to cohabitate than any other previous generation. They're the most atheist generation in the history of our nation. And what's really fascinating is when we unpack the two main arenas of disbelief first, they can't believe a loving God would allow evil Let's talk about biblical illiteracy there. And second, they believe science and the Bible contradict. Now, where on earth did they get that idea? Um, Hello, the public school classroom. We can easily track this data back to public school indoctrination, where on our watch, may I remind us, the Great Commission has been outlawed in every public sphere of American culture. Listen, radical education reform is required. As Christians, we must consider our specific realm of impact and influence. We, of course, can improve family life and limit social media. We'll talk more about some of those strategies. But until we change the trajectory of K-12 education, the next generation and thus our nation will continue to fall further and further away from the truth of God's word. You know, in Luke seven, Luke chapter one, verse 17, the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah that his son John would come in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. That is a heart cry for this generation. When we look at some of the data on why people don't want to have children today, it's so shocking, of course. God told us to multiply, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, right? But modern culture says that kids are a curse. They're an accident. They're a drain on the pocketbook. Literally, people do financial feasibility reports to see if kids are worth the cost. I'm not making this up. But the Bible has a very different perspective. Psalm 127 verse 5 tells us that children are a blessing, a heritage from the Lord, a reward from Him. They are arrows in the hand of a warrior. 
Bible-based educational discipleship connects the hearts and the minds of parents and children. It establishes a model that dethrones the spirit of peer orientation that is currently reigning in our culture and replaces it with a healthy model of parent orientation. When we go back to those tragic stats of Generation Z, we see the fruit of millions of children who've been told that their lives have no purpose. They have no destiny. They've been given no reason for hope or joy. Romans 1.20 tells us that God's nature is evidenced in the created realm, that we can literally learn about his character, his qualities, his nature through studying his world, through studying nature. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, the starting point of wisdom. We delude ourselves if we think that sanitized, secular, soulless education programs can teach true wisdom or godly character. And you know, at the end of the day, what will it profit a man if he gains the world but loses his own soul? If our children are academic legends or sports superstars, but they walk away from God, it doesn't matter how many trophies grace their bookshelves. We did not do our book. We did not do our job as parents. Josh McDowell once noted that this is the first generation to be more influenced by things outside of the home than by things inside of the home. And it is time to reverse that trend. It might not be a panacea for sure, but parent-directed education can be a powerful and effective tool for rebuilding the faulty foundations that play such a significant role in most of our modern social ills. Education is vital. Education reform is so important for the socio-emotional, relational, spiritual health of the next generation. You know, after spending two decades in the college classroom, I was beyond concerned with the burgeoning rates of some of the stats we've talked about, anxiety, depression, atheism. I envisioned that there was an academic model that could counter the common struggles in American higher education crippling student loan debt, sweeping secularization, ineffective educational methodology. And those drove me to start a university, Chula Vista Christian University. You've heard me talk about it before. But we can't just wait until college. You know, George Barna notes that worldview is established by the age of 13. That's one of the reasons it's against the law to evangelize anyone under the age of 18 in China, because they're trying to cement a worldview. They have to be indoctrinated by the state system in childhood. Does that sound familiar to you, my American friend? I knew there had to be a way to create a unique model of educational discipleship that would equip the next generation with biblical literacy, relational resilience, and academic success. So success in all areas of life, not just book smart. That's only one kind of success, right? Since launching both Awaken Academy and Chula Vista Christian University in August of 2020, actually both the same exact day, we're now serving what will be this fall almost 500 students with biblically-based classes across San Diego County. We're partnering with parents and reclaiming the secular government's cradle-to-grave indoctrination with a kingdom education. Now, I know you can tell in my voice that I'm passionate about the transformative power of education, Christian education, and the primacy of the local church and the stable family as the cornerstone of a healthy culture. And there is, my friend, a way to bring all of these entities together to shift the tide for the next generation. 
As I started surveying students and talking with parents across the county and really building this support system for them, I saw many of the same comments and questions emerging in the data. And over the next few weeks, we'll journey this together with the hope of helping other parents get set free, with the hope of calling other churches to rise up and step in to help turn the trajectory. One of the questions parents often ask me is about about educational outcomes. Now, A lot of great researchers have demonstrated when students learn from adults rather than peers, as was the predominant system of education throughout much of human history, they're smarter. Why? Because we become like the company we keep, right? Doctors Neufeld and Matei, two French doctors who've studied peer-driven versus parent-driven environments for decades, they talk about this concept in their research where they demonstrate the value of parent mentorship, what we call discipleship in the Christian faith, over peer influence. And when we look at those educational outcomes, there's a broad scope. But what these parents are really asking is related to a much deeper question, a socialized question. So let's unpack it a little bit. Most modern educational institutions anchor on measurable outcomes, things that we can measure, successes, quote unquote, that we can measure. But the challenge is that their goal is not always the same as God's goal. This was clearly evidenced to me when I was working with secular accrediting agencies at the university levels. And oftentimes they had such a difficult time understanding why an educational institution would, quote, waste so much time studying scripture or spend resources on scripturally sound curricula. You know, we have to know our end goal. And listen, if you've heard that lie that science and scripture are mutually exclusive, I challenge you to examine the work of my friends at the Institute for Creation Research, ICR.org. More on that subject later. But many parents have been duped into this thinking that child rearing is all about scholastic achievement. There's a history here that we're going to unpack. So fascinating that it's about measurable goals and equational outcomes. And yes, of course, we want our children to reach their full potential. I'm obviously not against education. I hold five college degrees and I founded multiple schools. But as Christians, our measurable outcomes are not simply academic. They're social. They're spiritual. They're relational. If we raise really smart kids who go to Harvard and earn a Nobel Peace Prize, but they walk away from God, what have we gained? Again, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? These are very real and very vital questions for the current generation who holds the dubious honor of being the most anxious, depressed, atheist generation in the history of our nation. Now, no, many, many researchers have noted that the traditional system is failing America from values clarification to Marxism to the lack of critical thinking and the eradication of the arts and creativity. Instead of focusing on enhancing individual potential, the focus for the last 50 years has actually been on how to do something, creating what we just talked about, measurable outcomes. That means systems create a product, something predictable, something measurable. Students are taught what to think so they can parrot this information, which can be measured, but they are not taught how to think. The traditional school system wants rigidity, control over human behavior. And this, my friends, is antithetical to the true heart of education. The traditional school system is a social construct with the singular goal of producing an outcome, a product. 
Margaret Thatcher once said, consensus, quote, is the process of abandoning all beliefs, principles, values, and policies in search of something in which no one believes. What great cause could have been fought and won under the battle phrase, I stand for consensus, end quote. We don't make our decisions as Christians on the broad basis of public opinion. Broad is the way that leads to destruction and many will enter in, right? The broad road is what's led us to the place we're in now, saddled with those tragic stats on this generation. In assessing the traditional model of education, legend and educational prophet, certainly one of my all-time favorite writers, Neil Postman, said that there's a distinct difference between school and education. He published a study on questions in the traditional environment that looked at different questions kids asked in school. And the vast majority, 93%, were what he called administrative questions. How do I hold my pencil? How many questions can I still pass if I get wrong? How many questions will I, will I be able to get wrong and still pass? The kinds of questions teachers asked were deductive, questions like, what am I thinking, rather than inductive, what are you thinking? These formats are a far cry from learning that's built on critical thinking, on why, which amazingly we've figured out in the adult realm and the whole world of defining your why, but that has not trickled down into school-aged children. The goal, our measurable outcome, should be creativity over conformity. When we look at the classroom structure, it should be active, not passive. It should be built on asking questions, to be built on dialogue rather than lecture, participation rather than spectatorship. At CVCU, we hire professors who are a, quote, guide on the side rather than a sage on the stage. Why? Because we're training up critical thinkers. In the traditional education sector, why questions are squelched. Good behavior is defined as sitting quietly with your hands in your lap, getting along with others, conforming, there's that word again, to behavioral norms. This format is antithetical to questions and thinking and industry disruption. Like its industrial era intention, it just creates cogs in the machine. Now think about it for a second. Why did Jesus speak in parables? Why did he ask questions? Who do you say that I am? Why are you afraid? Why did you doubt? Do you still not understand? What does scripture say? Who touched me? Now, of course, he could have given the answer. He could have lectured to the masses, but he chose relationship. He chose methods of inductive reasoning that would cause his followers to think, to reason, to return to him. Postman says we can't keep brilliant people locked up in classrooms for seven hours a day. We have to get them out using their gifts in community, schooling, and education that work hand in hand rather than being antithetical to one another. Having older students teach younger students the mentor model that I've been talking about in the last several episodes. You know, when we look at the stats on Christian schools who made educational outcomes their God we see a clear picture, right? They've defined success a certain way. And when those students graduate from school, that success model is not built on character or moral values. It's built on simple numerical data. Very different, very different end game, very different outcome. So the question is, what kind of generation do we want to raise up? I can speak for Awaken Academy. I can speak for Chula Vista Christian University. I can say that we want to raise up a generation of world changers and culture shapers, students who know how to ask why. 
When we look at the data on homeschooling, we see that it does provide the best ROI from a statistical and an experiential standpoint. And these church-based cooperatives that are going to be talking about provide benchmarking, sharpening, educational discipleship opportunities. You know, we talked about in a recent episode, this mindset that lots of parents adopt, that their kids only need them in the early years. And then once they're potty trained, we turn them over to experts to do the quote, real work. This is such a disservice to parents everywhere. There is no one more qualified to love and care for your child than you. My friend Denise Mira writes in her book, No Ordinary Child, that many Christian parents spend years waiting for God to open their womb. And then when that prayed for child reaches the first independent milestone, the parent just checks a box and hands her off to somebody else to train her up. Parents, it is more than potty training. Our kids need our influence, K to college, and radical education reform is required if we are going to impact this next generation. As Christians, we have to consider our specific realm of impact and influence. We can and should improve family life and limit social media. We talked about that a few episodes back. But until we change the trajectory of K-12 education, the next generation, and thus our nation, will continue to fall further and further away from the truth of God's word. In Luke 117, the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah that his son John would come in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. That is the heart cry for this generation. We delude ourselves if we think sanitized, secular, soulless education programs can teach true wisdom or godly character. If our children are academic legends or sports superstars, but they walk away from God, it doesn't matter how many trophies grace their bookshelves. We did not do our job as parents. Josh McDowell once noted, this is the first generation to be more influenced by things outside of the home than by things inside the home. And that is a trend that needs to be reversed. Over the next few weeks, I'll be sharing a model that's built on years of research in Gen Z educational methodology. It's a model that when correctly appropriated, creates a love of learning and a curiosity that fuels research and inquiry. It's a model that awakens vital character traits um, that help students to be more connected, to, um, to care more about the world they live in. You know, when children are solely surrounded by other children their age, the ceilings, the limitations over that child's life are age group peers. But when they're trained up by people living outside their generational lens of maturity, that ceiling gets higher and higher. Of the hundreds of conversations I've had with parents and students over the last year, one in particular stands out to me. I've watched the light of revelation literally spread over the faces of parents who are being transformed through the parent-directed model, which in essence educates two generations at once. After detoxing from the traditional education system and stepping into the freedom of educational discipleship, one parent stopped me as she shared her newfound revelation. Dr. Dunn, she said, with mixed tears of regret and gratitude, I just realized that my whole life I've been outsourcing my children. This episode is written for those courageous parents and the many more that are to come because the harvest is ready. 
Over the next few weeks, I'm going to share data from the fields of education, human development, neuroscience, and theology that will help you locate yourself on the parenting map, on the mentoring map, the leadership map, on the map of every sphere of influence and get you equipped and encouraged for the road ahead. There's just too much at stake right now for us to sit back and allow the secular government to erode our foundations as a nation as we passively allow our country to fall apart at the seams. Next week, be sure to join us for a powerful interview with a family who saw education transform their children, their marriage, and their future trajectory. You will not want to miss it. Thanks again for joining us here on The Communication Architect. If you have questions about today's episode, or if there are topics you'd like to see us address, send your comments via Instagram to at Dr. Lisa Dunn or via email to contact at drlisadunn.com. That's D-R-L-I-S-A-D-U-N-N-E.com. And remember, strategic communication will help you build greater emotional health and relational resilience. So don't miss the next episode. I'm Dr. Lisa Dunn, and I look forward to talking with you next time right here on The Communication Architect. Oh,